0: Run your next PB at the Gold Coast Marathon in 2023. Fast, flat and scenic. There is an event distance for everyone. From the full marathon to the kids 2 and 4 kilometre junior dash. Enter now at goldcoastmarathon.com.au
1: episode number 287 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you this week. There's records tumbling to talk about around the tan in Melbourne. We've got some uh, listener questions, Gold Coast Marathon based. We've got an on cloud monster review, training weeks, moose on the loose, all those kind of things um, that we talk about each and every other week. Welcome to my co-host, the 214 man, Julian Spence. How are you?
2: Well, I'm, I'm actually pretty shit right now. I've done my back. Done my back, sitting on the couch right now with a heat pack on it. Um, pretty comfortable on the couch. Doesn't, doesn't annoy me. Doesn't give me pain when I lie down. So that's where I'm at.
1: When? How? Didn't yesterday you run 32K? So yeah. It's just happened today?
2: It happened this morning. I actually got a bit of a tight back through the run, we dropped some fellas off at about like 24K or so and I thought, gee, my back's a bit tight. And then finished the run off, actually felt heaps better after that. No problems yesterday, Arvo, all good. Woke up this morning a bit stiff, massage gun for through like my glutes and my lower back for probably 10 minutes this morning. Did a couple of little stretches. I thought, yeah, I'm still a bit tight, but I'm not. It's not too bad. Then I um, grabbed the tissue, went to blow my nose, <laughs> and as I like blew my nose, I got this super sharp neural style sort of pain in like right in the center of my back, like disc-like. Um, I've had them before. It sends a real like electric shock of pain throughout my body uh like right up my vertebrae down through my legs and then i'm basically fucked Blowing like, the
1: nose injury
2: blowing the nose I, i've had it before putting socks on um it can be as simple as bending over to pick something up or it can be something like i was standing up this time standing up and and blew my nose and and, and it's not like that's the issue that i i have to stop blowing my nose i'm like that's just (laughs) that's just the straw that breaks the camel's back
1: Mm, no good at all i will introduce my other co-host before we get into too many questions about your health bradley Croker, the 217 man how are you going this week croaks
0: no not as bad as Moose, but a bit similar with heat packs and ice packs
1: no what's (laughs) happening to you two boys
0: (laughs) mine's mine's back related as well but my back's not uh so much i think my back's causing some lower limb issues uh, i just got some like radiating uh, pain down my legs so a bit similar to the old um melbourne half marathon be- carrying the backpack S- similar sort of calf uh calf feeling so but i think i'll be i think i'll be all right i'm certainly not as bad as moose well do you, do you reckon
2: it's nerve stuff going down into your calf
0: yeah so i think mine was so yesterday afternoon we went to the shops, um, the shopping center, and we parked like outside and it was pissing down rain. And so like to get to the, get the kids into the shopping center as quickly as possible without getting wet, I had Collis on the, like on my side, on my hip, and I'm like running along with him. And uh, I didn't think anything of it. And then we went to the shops and I got home. I'm like – like I've got that sort of – a little bit of like that sciatic sort of – pain that you get around your hip and then I'm like why is my calf sore like in this one spot and I'm like you know I had no calf pain running nothing at all nothing on the way to the shops and I'm like what the fuck is this and so last night I was like all worried about you know can I run this morning I did run this morning and my calf was fine but then um I got a bit of yeah like my tibant started to like flare up a little bit towards the back end of the run so um, I find when I stretch my hip out like if I do one of those, um, uh, like, piriformis-type stretches, uh, it seems to relieve, like, the calf pain goes away. So, but, yeah, it'll be fine. Some anti flams and, um, yeah, just mat- massage and stuff like that. But well, my back hasn't gone on me like yours, Moose.
2: Mm, but that put you out for a while last time.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I ran today. I, like, I was going to do a double today, but I got home and I'm like, well, my tib ants. A bit angry, and my calf is, you know, just niggly. So I just took the afternoon off, and may just push the session back to Wednesday. See how I feel. See how I pull up in the morning. Take us through the week, Croaks, leading into this. Yeah, so pretty good week. Um, Did sixty two minutes on Monday morning through mulligan's at four nineteens and then went out again that afternoon uh four fifteens and did some strides um uh, I think I said last week like the strides every week I do them I definitely feel like just smoother and smoother, and I think it definitely helps uh everything else that I then do throughout the week uh then Tuesday because it was Anzac day, we trained in the morning rather than the afternoon, so we went out to the a i s um parked at the track but we didn't use the track so there's a a 3k loop that sort of runs around the AIS I used to do lots of sessions there so it's sort of slightly downhill as you run through the middle of the AIS and then you run around the back which is you know a gradual uphill to the um the main stadium where the Raiders play and then it sort of flattens off and then it's sort of a slight down and flat back to the finish so the session was a 10 minute tempo um between two and three minutes sort of jog over to a hill we then did five 45 second hill reps um, and then took three minutes recovery after the last hill rep and then did another 10 minutes but the last 10 minutes because most of the guys are running Sydney 10 so the first I wanted the second 10 minutes to be harder than the first and I wanted to make it a little bit more like a 10k effort um, which you know, given you've done the ten minutes beforehand plus some hills, um, it made the last ten minutes pretty tough. So I ran three tens for the first ten minutes, uh, and then three o sixes for the second. And like this was actually a pretty tough session. Like it doesn't look that great on paper, but the second ten minutes definitely, I was working pretty hard. Um, just given the hill, also I guess off the back of like three like three weeks of one fifty k and. Tuesday morning after 32K on the Sunday. Um, but I was happy with, you know, I think doing the doing the 5K time trial and then the tempo after it and then this session, like both of them have been like higher intensity, but I feel like it has sort of brought that fitness level up a little bit, um, which is sort of what I wanted before Sydney 10 or at least got me feeling like how a 10K is going to feel. So, um, yeah, reasonably happy with that session. Then that afternoon, Went back out to Mulligan's for 7.5k at 421s. Uh, Wednesday ran a little bit longer. Um, so, I did 25k, uh, 409s, hour uh, 45, just because I was going to back off the, not, not run quite as long on the Sunday. And after Sydney 10, um, I, I wanted to try and get my midweek long runs sort of into that 145 range. Um, so, I thought I'd do one this week. Thursday, uh, was, which is my sort of easier day, I just did 35 minutes at 414s, followed by some strides. And then Friday's session, we're down at the lake and just did the five by six minutes off one minute jog. I uh, put the, uh, actually, put a brand new pair of Alpha Flies on, um, the, the pair that I plan on using for the race. I just wanted to do one session in them beforehand, whereas normally for this session, I've just been using the um, the next percent two so uh, this went there yeah, really well actually so around three fourteens for the first six minutes 311 308 308 303 and was jogging probably averaged about four thirties for the jogs um so yeah and all in, in totals like 10.4k at 316s um heart rate was pretty good like average 161 for the total session where I did it a month before and averaged 162. Um, But also I think the shoes, like, compared to the next percent too, I'm way more efficient in the Alpha Fly or just get so much more pop for the same effort. So, um, yeah, that was encouraging. Like, obviously, 303 is not, like, my threshold pace, but I remember looking down on the last rep and um, there was, like, a a turn in it, so I'm not sure how accurate it was. But gave me confidence that I was running 303s without feeling like I was In fifth gear, um, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is hopefully around my race pace for 10K and, you know, it's the back end of a 10K session and it felt okay. So, um, yeah, I was really happy with how that went. Yeah, because just
1: on that, your heart rate doesn't go that high when the pace gets quicker. I'm just looking at it now. It's pretty impressive actually.
0: Yeah, so – and because I look look back at a few of my recent Friday sessions where we train at the same spot and I did a 25-minute tempo in the Zebras a few weeks before, and I averaged like 164 or 165 for that 25 minutes at 318s, I think it was. So, um, but those shoes, I think the Alpha Fly, the only thing with the Alpha Flies is I haven't used them that much since Gold Coast last year. And I reckon it's a shoe that if you're going to race in, I think you need to train in it regularly because it, like, it's just different. Like back, back in the day, you used to train in a particular pair of shoes and then you could go to any racing flat And there wasn't a real big adjustment, whereas I feel like a shoe like the Alpha Fly is so different to normal running shoes that you almost need to train in it a bit more to sort of just work out the rhythm, work out that sweet spot so it doesn't feel quite as clunky. Because if I haven't used it for a while and I chuck it on the first half of the session, I'm trying to like work out how to run in them. Um, So yeah, that's, I don't know whether you guys feel the same thing about that shoe.
2: Yeah, it is a bit clunky to me uh and yet there is a sweet spot more so than the other shoes out there yeah how do you find have you had any like the one thing that we get in the store is that um a lot of people get blistering in their arch or just forward of their arch
0: yeah i know what you mean i i can definitely when, when i first put them in, put them on i can feel that um pressure in my arch but I have a pretty high arch, and so it, it's mm. never given me any issues. Like, I ran Gold Coast in it last year, and I didn't have any blisters in that area at all, which I guess is a, a pretty good sign.
2: Yeah. I
1: thought that was more the Alpha Fire 2 moose. It's both. Oh, is it? Okay.
2: It's definitely both. I yeah. heard you talking
1: about on Shoe Geeks.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. So, shoe, I think that it's more prominent in the two, but it's certainly uh, taken some victims in the one. Yeah. yeah.
0: The one thing I noticed with the first
2: few reps, I
0: felt like because I do get this extra pop, it was almost like at times I feel like I'm overstriding. And, like, I know a lot of people have complained about, you know, hamstring issues, like, late in the marathon. And I feel like it does tend to sort of force you to overstride a little bit. But then I sort of forced myself to just cut my stride a little bit shorter because I found that if you do that, you seem to hit that sweet spot a bit better because you obviously – you know, you're more hitting on the forefoot as opposed to landing right out on your heel. So um, it was interesting just playing around throughout the session and definitely as the session got longer, um, I felt more comfortable in them. So, uh, yeah, it's a shoe that I'll probably try and train in a little bit more. But it's also a shoe that I like to just save for races or sessions where, like, psychologically I know that when I put it on, I'm going to be running three or four seconds a K faster than I do in another shoe um like you used to back in the day where you'd have a training a training shoe and then you put these racing flats on and you're like oh i'm definitely going to run faster in these things so anyway that was um that was friday morning yeah mulligans that afternoon 418s after seven and a half k uh saturday hour in the morning 417s and then did treadmill that afternoon for 30 minutes five minute k's And then, yeah, met up with Rob and Adrian for a run yesterday morning through Mulligans. It was, like, pretty wet, um, some pretty deep puddles. And, yeah, did uh, 25, just over 25K at 417. So that felt really enjoyable. The only thing is, like, I've got this trend now where if I do a few days of running in the rain on the trails through puddles, I think my Tib does get flared up a little bit and i'm not sure whether it's because your my shoes end up like so heavy and obviously then there's that extra weight that you're constantly like you know dorsiflexing your foot or whether often when you're running through puddles you can't see the bottom of it and so you're a little bit more unstable when you land or, or those muscles are having to work a little bit harder but it's just been a common thing that i've noticed any time of yeah, run in the rain or through puddles, you know my tibant does flare up a little bit. Even though I didn't feel it at all during yesterday's run, I felt it just on this morning's run. So um, anyway, it was a week of 154k, and um, yeah, race week this week. It's a good week. It's Another been a, big one.
1: No, it's been a good five or six weeks. Moose, what's he gonna run? Last six minute effort in that workout at 303s with a U-turn at the end of a workout. Without a taper, it's got to be sub 30.
2: Yeah. It's not sub 30. No, come on, Brady. I, I, I but... think
1: I ran sub 30 last year, and I think the work he's put uh, in is better than what I've done. Uh, yeah. If you don't run sub 30 off this build up,
0: uh, I'm not running. Like, I, the, the thing that I'm going to struggle with is it, I said this last week, it, it's a really small window for me between cooking it and that sweet spot. Like if I do too many Ks at like three minutes or like slightly faster, I'll get to like six or seven K a bit like last year and go, ah, oh, I'm, I'm done. Whereas if I do maybe a few K at more like 305s, like, yes, I'm not going to break 30 minutes off that, but hopefully I can wind it up. But the problem is I don't have that real – like I can't kick down to to running, you know, multiple K's at three at two fifty fives. So if I run a few reps, if, if I run a few K's at three oh fives, I can probably only, you know, get down get down to sort of three minute K's for the last few K's if I'm still feeling pretty good. But um, yeah. Anyway, Moose, you can give your prediction. The people are excited, Moose. They haven't
1: seen this kind of like trading from him for years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well. The course now—it's no longer a short course, so you've got to <laughs> counter that into your um into your prediction, Brady. I'm thinking maybe like thirty twenty-two.
0: 22 mm.
2: yeah, I'd be happy with that. Um, that's what three o twos. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. A pretty good wow. run. How old it's are you, not... then,
1: Crooks? Like forty-two? I'm
2: almost forty-three.
0: Yeah, shit! I would oh. love doing that at forty-three.
2: Maybe 30. I didn't realize you were that old. Maybe 30, 42.
0: I'd take that too, Moose. Like, the, the, yeah, the, so would inc- I. the encouraging thing is, like, my other than how I'm feeling like right now, like, my body has been really good the last five weeks. I feel like I'm in a really good spot to progress to, you know, getting into marathon sort of shape. And, um, like, Friday's session, like, averaging 316s for, you know, 10.5K, I'm like, May maybe like running three twenties for a long period of time at a more you know consistent sort of effort, not running you know six minutes at sub three tens. Like is doable, especially given how strong I'm feeling at the moment. Um, it's just that 10 k is probably at the the shorter end of you know my capabilities now um, because yeah, sub three minute k's feels fast, um, but I feel like I can probably hold three o sixes for quite a while Um,
2: there's no the gears (laughs) yeah you're you're running out of gears basically
0: pretty much yeah yeah
2: but top gear can handle handle a bit more distance but there is nowhere to go even like if you feel good at 8k (laughs) there's nowhere to go
0: yeah well that's it i I can only i can probably maybe if i'm feeling really good maybe run 255s for the last 2k but i have to be feeling like pretty fresh yeah
1: moose is a 348 1500 meter guy
0: yeah, when I was 24. There's
1: room to move. Don't worry about that. Remember the year he nearly beat Benny St. Lawrence coming into the stadium?
2: Uh, he's fucking 44 years nah, old. Man.
1: people are sleeping on how good of a runner this bloke is. He's trying to, like, dodge it. He's downplaying it now. Watch what we'll happens on Saturday out. morning. I know. We'll we will. I'm going 29-15. Um, um, 29-15? Zach is going to do a guessing what are you competition. Smoking? Well, I ran 29-25, tw- I, I think, last year, and I reckon you're fitter than I was. Oh, Simple uh-oh. maths.
0: I'm going to run like a 30-second You've got way more v. talent
1: than I do, too. Oh, Simple math.
2: Same course?
1: No, I was at Launceston. Sydney's quicker than Launceston, I reckon. But, yeah, we're doing a guessing and comp. I know Zach has got something in the works to guess Croix's time, so I'll put mine I'll put, out there. I'll put a, I'll put a case 15. on that
0: Brady that I don't run 29.15.
1: You can't bet against yourself, Croakes.
2: Hey, I'll bet with you, though.
1: I've already got a side bet with you, an off-air one, though. On Croaks' performance, remember? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm happy to double down on that. (laughs) No. No, no, you can't talk this game about sub-30 and not back it up.
1: I've just Mm -hmm. I've put it out there. I'm backing it up. That's my prediction. Sub-30,
2: me, slab. If he goes sub-30, you buy me a slab.
1: I buy you a slab of beer. Yeah. Not Red Bull. If you Um, buy me
2: a slab of beer, if he goes sub-30. If
1: if the weather's good, the field's good. No,
2: no, 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 no. (laughs) Fuck. You've got to see Nate. the weather.
1: I reckon you run 2915. Put it that oh, way. I'm not con- nah, I already I'll lose a slab on You're you such every a tight with ass. you every time.
2: You are such a Mate, I
1: paid up all the times. I'm you not a tight.
2: Never right. had a beer from you. Look Look it. It.
0: How many how many times have I run a kilometre? So that's basically 255s? How many K's have I run in 255?
1: Get a bit of white line fever about your croaks. When you get on if you can run 303s in like camber around the lake solo in a workout that's going to feel like 253s on saturday same effort
2: uh run, races run the, are the PB, diff- run the pb listeners are just like
1: races are different
2: Throwing their memberships out right now thinking this is their head coach <laughs> yeah. i'm not
1: the head coach i'm just saying i've got a lot of faith in this guy if you haven't got confidence croaks don't bother going
2: well, well, unlike you at Valencia Brady,
0: I'm not getting I'm not getting caught up in this hype and going out at 255s. I'm going to go out more at the 303s to 305s and, and wind and wind it down, hopefully. Don't yeah. go there, Brad. Don't go back to Valencia. <laughs> Don't think well,
1: I didn't run any 255s at
0: Valencia. No. But, but it was the whole, this hype of everyone going, oh, Brady, you're going to run 2.15. And, like, you sort of started to then get on the start line going, yeah, I'm going to run 2.15. It's, it's the same thing. It's like if I let you get in my head going, yeah, I can run 2.9.15, what am I going to do on the start line? I'm going to go out at 2.55. Yeah,
1: do it. Just have a go, Crooks. That's just all the people want, just people having a going life.
0: I did it last year. I went out at three-minute Ks, and I got to about 8K, and I went, ooh, should have gone out at three O threes.
1: Yeah, if the pace is on, just jump on it. You only live once, mate. You're 43. You anyway, I'm happy crack. with
0: I'm happy with my shape, as Christian would say.
1: All right, he's happy. It's up and about. Moose, tell shape us about your week. Good. Shape is good. Proof will be in the pudding.
2: <laughs> uh, I actually had a great week. Not, a, not in workouts, but I had my biggest week in volume for ages. Like, fuck. I'm going to say, like... Since probably February last year, um, so maybe that contributed to why I'm sitting here with a heat pack on. But it was pretty like didn't I don't. It's hard for me to blame mileage and training when I get this, even when I'm not running. So I'm not going to. Monday morning got out for ten clicks just around Anglesey, and then eight and a half. In the afternoon and I got in the uh, drink in the afternoon so I walked down the beach in the Arvo and had a little swim the oceans cooling down so you get that nice blue doctor effect you don't get that when the water's warm at all it gives you nothing whereas when it's cold and you start to you get like that rush of, of um, I know it's like a little bit of shock it's like a little bit of parasympathetic is it the parasympathetic nervous system that um, kicks in when you're like fight or flight? Is that the right one? Yeah, you you th- blokes know that it, you
1: teach I don't that. Know, no. Sounds good. Sounds good. Don't teach that to grade four. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: you're, you're right. You're right, Moose. Yeah, you know, like so, you, your body just goes, "Oh shit, what's happening?" Like, oh no, it's a
0: sympathetic sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system sympathetic.
2: drives the fight or flight response. All right, all right, yeah. I got that one wrong. Um, but, yeah, it feels bloody good. I've got to do it more often. It's better when it gets colder. We, yeah. um, we actually had a workout because it was Anzac Day, like you mentioned, Croaks, Tuesday afternoon, ran a uh, workout in the Arvo. And normally I'm a big fan of the Arvo workouts. It just feels like I can get the paces higher with lower heart rates. Why would you do
0: that, though, when, like, it's a public holiday? Wouldn't everyone want to just get it over and done with and have the day to go and play two-up and drink and watch footy?
2: No, well, we raced on Saturday Arvo and I always – and then had a decent long run on Sunday. So if I can push recovery – I always think it's too tight of a turnaround to Tuesday morning anyway. Mm. So if if we get another extra eight hours running in the Arvo, that – I want that. I want to take that. So I I did. And I don't – like – I'm not drinking piss on during the middle of the day anymore. That's that's not what I do. So, like it, Anzac Day, like I'm not. It's not a piss up for me. So I don't, and I don't watch those two fuckwit football teams oh, play up.
1: Did you hear that? Like what happened in that footy game though? Nah. Oh, did you see it,
0: Crooks? Uh no. I went for a run. Yeah. Second run.
1: Collingwood, 28 points down, three quarter time. Come home, won yeah. it. See, Unbelievable. You know
2: to watch that. No one wants to watch.
1: Unbelievable scenes.
2: See, I was thinking, Brady, the other day. To run a
1: podcast, Moose, if you want to move on. Don't have to talk about Collingwood if you want to. Yeah,
2: we're going to go back to Bendigo Bats. You've set Bendigo Bats up like you follow (laughs) Collingwood. Like a really, really unlikable team. Everyone's
1: second favourite team. Isn't that what they say about Collingwood (laughs) at the moment? And so. Most enjoyable team to watch. I agree. The Bendigo Bats comparison is correct.
2: When Collingwood lose, everyone celebrates. And you've set that up for Bendigo. Ah, so, I think so that's many... back
1: in the day, Collingwood. I think everyone likes Collingwood these no, days. No, they're
2: just mate, such an entertaining you
1: team. You, new coach, new leadership. What Collingwood
2: people do, though. And then they lose and then they get all shirty with everyone because uh, suddenly their cockiness has just been thumped back to the ground. That's what Bendigo is. And it's because of your influence. <laughs> Rightio. See, so you, Bendigo is like the Collingwood magpies. Of of AV cross-country.
1: Most followed, most successful. Yeah, it has a few comparisons,
2: (laughs) similarities, Uh, big dogs. arrogant, cockiest, bogus supporters. (laughs) Um, We had top 8 by 1,200. So I I wanted a pretty easy threshold workout. This was the idea. We had a group. So in, in the group, I was with Hutchie and Matt Gunther. And then there was a second group as well, which was Cam... Cam Smith, uh, Sammy Williams was there, and and Doki for a one rep maybe. Um, so we the the was kind of warm. Temperature here twenty five degrees. That's that's solid compared to what we've been training in like the last two months. And so I think we went out a bit hard for me anyway. So three ten pace we started at, which was seventy sixes, um, and I thought, oh, this is a bit rough for threshold effort uh and then it kind of only really got harder for me so first one was 346 350 348 350 348 354 55 52. uh now that's like okay but my heart rate just got higher and higher and so even like um average heart rate or max heart rate's probably a little bit more relevant when you're, you're looking at reps this short. So over only le- less than four minutes, you, you don't really get a chance to get your heart rate up like that high to look at an average. So if you look at my heart rates, you can kind of see that they go up over threshold and, 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 and climb even more, which is a, a sign that they weren't really at threshold. Uh, so I like... It's hard when you're in a group like that and there's only three of you in the group like my only option is to, to to let them go which i did after six reps when i knew it was a bit hard i should have probably dropped back early earlier than that i had my lactate meter there and i wanted to i took readings after reps two four six and eight and I didn't set it up properly beforehand. And I only had 60 seconds rest between the reps. So it was a real kind of rush to to get a strip in, to prick the finger, to clean it off, to take the reading. And in the end, I rushed it. Most most of them were too rushed, and I, I didn't really clean the finger well enough. And I find I've never really had good readings from the finger. They've always been contaminated, like with too sweaty. So normally, when I if I'm testing someone, I use the the earlobe, and that seems way more accurate. But you can't really do that to yourself. So I was going off my finger, and only the last one when I took my time, I got a reading of 2.8, and that that suggests like I was in the right kind of area, but it was it was also maybe a little too long after the finish of the rep to get a good result. So I. I wasted a bit of money on the strips there. (laughs) Didn't really offer me anything at all. Uh, And the workout was probably not to its purpose. So I I left that a bit disappointed because I didn't really run what I wanted to and I should have probably kept check of my heart rate rather than run with the group. So yeah, a bit of a fail, really. Uh, Next day, jogged 10.5K and then ate in the Arvo. So increasing a bit of mileage this week, sort of minimum, maybe 16, 18K. Uh, Got out for about 16 on Thursday morning. Good loop this. If you're ever in Anglesey, follow that. And then did a workout on Friday morning. I wanted a bit more thresh, but I also wanted to tick the legs over. So I did a bit of a combination, two sets of eight minutes at um, heart rate threshold. And then three by a minute solid and there was um 90 seconds after the threshold uh, and then 60 seconds between the the repeats so this wasn't um this wasn't like a super hard workout really it was only 16 minutes total at thresh and six minutes total at solid i didn't really feel great from the, the moment that I started, even though, like, I mean, my heart rate the first rep, average 156, pace was 322. It's not the fastest place to run, but I would be hoping my threshold pace would be faster than that after all the training I've been doing. Um, then they're on 254, 254, 257. Uh, jog for like, 90 seconds, um, no, jog for a minute, sorry. And then eight minutes, again, 320, but my heart rate got a fair bit higher on this one. Uh, then 306, 250, 253. And I kind of fucked, it. like I've set this watch up. I set this workout up in my Garmin. It was the first workout I've done setting it up on Garmin Connect and the workout didn't finish. So it just the last rep just kept going. So in the end i 've run ninety seven seconds, and I think I was supposed to have finished that, so one rep, two rep no that, yeah yeah, so I'd supposed to have been done by then, but the work it didn't it didn 't shut off on my watch, so I kept running, so that was stupid, but i was I was hoping the watch might tell me to stop running, but didn't you guys you got both got chorus, don 't you yeah yeah yeah, the workout ends after you um if you're doing a workout preset in your watch, the Coros ends the workout for you. Yeah, yeah. Good, I like that. Whereas the my gun... Garmin,
0: my Garmin used
2: to though. Yeah, so did mine, but just didn't. This just kept going. I didn't think I saw anything. Maybe that...
0: go back and check the session you set in. Maybe you've had it like,
2: yeah, like going into cool down oh. or
0: something, or open ended, open ended. Oh, the last. Rep.
2: One. Yeah, uh, was that your last it. minute,
1: like between the reps? You know what I mean? He had a minute on, minute
0: off.
2: I, I, I know, but I've checked it several times because yeah, I was. It still would have
1: lapped it, wouldn't it?
0: Well, see, I had to stop my watch uh, for my Friday session of six minute reps because I just set it up as an interval session of six minute reps with one minute recovery. And so I don't, you know, like I stopped my session after the last six minute rep. I don't worry about yeah, the last yeah. one minute mm-hmm. jog. So I had to stop it because, yeah, it was going to keep going for another minute.
2: That's fair. I, I do that too. Yeah. No point counting that extra minute in your oh, workout
0: cooks your average for strava too yeah <laughs> well it's, especially when it's like if it's a if it's a float you include it but when it's like recovery like it's you know basically do whatever you want to do oh. between the reps there's no point
2: don't know about that if you got two say you got three by five k with a k float you float in the k at the end oh well, yeah well that's diff that's different though
0: because that's a big part of the like that's a big part of the session like another k versus like a minute standing around recovery between reps
2: yeah. oh i don't know though you just said but if, i would, but I would float-
0: probably but i would probably design the session so that i finish on the rep and don't have the don't have the 1k float at the end because the only sessions that i've always finished on the float have been those shorter ones like the monofart where that last 30 second float because it's because of the intensity you're 15 working seconds. at it's or well, fifteen. well I actually, I actually do six by 30s Instead of, I don't do the 15s. So
2: you don't do monophilic? <laughs> I don't, yeah.
0: Too good for monophilic. Yeah. yeah. I just
2: knows, thought, b- knows better than mono, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> I just got to the point where I'm like, why am I surging for 15 seconds? So I uh, just did six by 30s. Um, actually, I think we used to do that with Ken Green's squat in Sydney. I think that's the reason I did it because they used to do it that way. Um, no, it's probably
1: smarter than just surging for the whole, the whole last two minutes like some people do.
0: Yeah, but that's different to a one K float at the end of a longer session. I think. But, yeah, yeah I anyway.
2: finished monitors off like that as well. Hundred mm. percent finished, and I finished D quarters off too, like that. I, I don't, start
0: with the float. I start with a well, float. for I know
2: people change it, but I don't start with the float. Mm. I do it as it's planned. I'm I'm a traditionalist. I don't think he used to start with a float, did he? I reckon he did. Oh. Oh, we've had
1: this chat before.
2: Yeah,
0: I reckon we well.
1: Have yeah, we had it did.
2: with Deke? No, I'll ask
0: Deke. him. Next time I see him, I'll ask Next
1: him. Next time you're cooking a barbecue at his place, Croaks. can you ask him? <laughs> yeah. yeah right, I'd, I'd, I'd like to least.
2: know the answer to that. Does he start with a float? That's probably... Someone get in his DMs, find out. I reckon
0: out. he did. I think he did.
1: I think we've had this conversation, and my argument was they don't start with a float at Falls Creek, and that yeah. has to be the traditional way, but then that was wrong.
0: I, I think I, they did I start don't... with a float. Yeah, but I've seen like Dick Telford's guys do it, and like when I was with Dick doing it, and like Sean Crichton when he was coaching me, we did it that way. And like those, Dick and Sean have been around Dick for a long time.
1: With the float fart first. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're
2: right. I'd like to find clarification on that. Yeah. All right, I'll get it for you. Thanks. Uh, 10K next morning. I had Pier this day, so I. Got out, then looked after her for the day and then dropped her at my mum's while I ran another 8K. Uh, And then that was Saturday, so Sunday morning, 32K. Decent around town. I'm not sure what the elevation was. Let me have a look. Two hours, 22, 4:28, 553. That's pretty good. Mm. Certainly wasn't our Helios route, but have a look. Get on there. Click on here, Brady. You'll be shocked at this. Yeah, I'm on there. K five. No, no. What was K five? Five
1: twenty three. That was up
2: fifty three. Oh yeah, that was decent. But have a look at the kilometer, like nineteen. Have a look at this. The grade of that hill.
1: K nineteen. You went down fifteen meters.
2: Oh no no. Twentieth like K.
0: Oh, 58. Yeah.
2: Have a look mm-hmm. at how steep that
0: hill is. That's, right. an Andy, that's an Andy Buchanan special. Remember when, yeah. remember when you filled in that week, Moose, and we gave him shit about, like, going up yeah, hills that yeah.
1: steep? It's 33% at one stage,
2: there. 33%. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, we went up there. It was fucked. Are you just, like, hands on knees up there? Like, I was so close to walking. Mm. So we were going at, like, eight-minute pace or something, and I look around, and I'm like, I really want to see someone else walk right now. Um, it won't be me, because, but I wanted to. And I look back and Liam, Liam Hanrahan, who's the one that's dropped off the back, he uh, he's so close to walking, but he didn't.
0: If it feels like that, you could almost power walk up as fast as you could run up him.
2: You like, could, yeah. but you would cop shit for the next 12 months at <laughs> least. <laughs> so no one would ever do that. Even in a race, you wouldn't do it if someone caught you. uh but yeah, anyway, it was a good run. I felt good. I especially felt good towards the end. And I've been taking gels lately and it's been keeping my heart rate down towards the end of these long runs. So I've um I've been going at a gel every 8k. So I did three gels in this run and I'm getting a bit sick of the the Morton Caffeines. Like I I checked my gel stash and that's all I had. They expired in 2021. I'm just such a tight ass, I'm going through all these expired gels now. And I had this caffeine one i'm like oh she's a bit bitter so i swapped it out for a flavored one from toby and um yeah it's good to have a bit of flavor late in the run
0: why so long when you're racing this weekend moose
2: oh i don't care about the race this is the thing about av cross country there's so many races that if you taper in and then recover out you're just never training properly yeah, so, the, old,
0: the old footy analogy, like your coach is not going to be real happy if you rock up on game day and you're cooked. Yeah. Like your teammates, eh?
2: Hey. Hey? Yeah. I'm getting out there. I'm having a crack. I'm, I'm going to race to the best of my ability. But if I'm like Sean Crichton, your boy, every week over 35K. How many weeks over 35K? 52 weeks.
0: Yeah, I copped shit bloody last year for doing thirty k the week
2: before Sydney Ten. Mate, you mate, you had that lined yeah, up. For that was fucking your A race though. <laughs> you can't you can't do that if you're in AV cross country. Mm. You never train. You run fifty k a week every week.
1: I feel with yeah. AV cross country too. If you're rocking up, like you, as long as you're there, that's like a win for starters. Like kind of like you spoke about last week. People not rocking up.
2: Yeah, I'll be out smashing myself. No, I won't be. I won't be running at all with my back. I'll be fucked. I'll be volunteering. Um, but I'll still have a crack. Don't, don't turn this on me, Croaks.
0: No, no. I like your other point, Moose, about the gels and stuff because I, I reckon, like, the fueling is more important than what people think and, like, I know, like, I went through phases there where I was trying to, like, do stuff fasted um, but even like for my sessions, the last two Fridays, I've taken a gel after my warm up, like before I change my shoes and stuff, because I figure it's one thing I've actually been doing this year, given I've been running like 155K certain days of the week. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to eat whatever I want and like make sure, like make a conscious effort to eat probably more than what I normally would, just so that I'm always fueled and so I don't go out on those second runs and feel lightheaded. And, um, I don't know whether it's helped my sessions in the morning by having that, that gel beforehand as well. I still eat toast and um and coffee before the session, but I just have that as a top up before starting.
2: Yeah. It's it's I think we've moved on from that old school thing about not eating on long runs. And if you listen to the like the the experts in the field, the dietitians, the sports dietitians, they'll tell you every day like taking carbohydrate like mm. the, the extreme ones will tell you to go out for an like have carbohydrate on your hour long runs yeah. that's and it, it might not be much but you should be eating before your hour run and then like considering having something during the run um and so when you get into two hour 30 territory you should be having like i mean i'm really only having how I'm many gels did you K. say you had? I had three gels. And and so 50 grams. So it was 72 grams of carbohydrate I had over two and a half hours. And so that's not much. That's mm-hmm. like half the protocol that I would have in racing. So that's still probably not enough for these runs. But it's just like I'm coming from the culture of not having anything on those runs. Yeah. So I'm working my way into it. And and that's just how like that's how the – the professional kind of people are, are talking about it, the AIS and stuff, they're advising to be on the carbs for these workouts or, or these long runs, like big time on the carbs.
0: Plus it just adds to calories that you need throughout the day. Like if you're having it on the long run, then you're obviously you're not going to be quite as depleted. Um, yeah. cause I thought it was really interesting. Like shoe geeks. When I heard that Tommy was trying oh, yeah. to like drop, drop weight, like somebody at his level, I'm like, wow. You know, <laughs> I've no, never, I'd I'd yes. never
1: heard anyone speak like that before, though. Like, I get the whole, like, disordered, e- no, disordered eating, like, you know, you're rushed, you got to get to work after you work out, you don't have time, like, you just quickly grab something, you know, a muesli bar before you go to work. But I hadn't heard anyone kind of talk about intentionally trying to mm. cut the calories that way. Like, I definitely have been, um, I've fallen for that, like, disordered eating in the past, just not being organised, and you know you should be getting more calories in, and you're not... But yeah, I yeah, I hadn't heard any you know elite Australian distance runner say they were trying to cut the calories out to drop weight.
2: It's a bit of a taboo topic.
1: Yeah, which is why and, he spoke about it pretty freely too, and yeah, you pulled and, him up on it yeah. like like it. He was kind of talking just willy nilly about it, and then you kind of questioned him, which I thought was good.
2: Well, it's, it is like not really talked about in the running world. It's one of those things where, and he mentions it. He's like, we know that less weight means more efficient. And, and, and I think in our world, we associate leanness and, 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 and thinness with elite performance, but it, it's not the, it's not the goal. It's a side effect of a lot of training. And that's where he's, I think he's kind of gone wrong. <laughs> mm. Like he's tried to make it the goal. He's like actively trying to lose weight, whereas it should come if, if, if there is weight to lose and sometimes there is, sometimes you've come off a stress fracture or whatever and you've put on weight, like you're not at a, at a, like you're, you're not at a a good weight, uh, to run well, um, I also think there's a the, there's a power like
0: component to it as well. So, for example, when I'm not running that well, I might be like a kilo lighter. But that's largely and like Viv always Viv makes an um an observation like when I'm running well and I'm doing like my strides and I'm doing my home gym, she goes y- like you actually have a bit of an ass now. And so because I'm obviously using my glutes and my glutes are getting a little bit bigger, which if that's happening, then I'm probably going to be putting on a little bit, little bit of weight through there, which actually helps my running compared mm. to when I, when I don't, really. when I don't you,
2: have an ass. You, you, put, you put on weight when you have a calorie, uh, when you're taking on more calories than you're burning. That's the only time that you can really put on weight.
0: Yeah, but if you've got more muscle mass as well, you're going to have a little bit more. You're going to have a little bit more weight to you.
2: Well, you'll be leaner, and you might be. You might feel like your muscles are more pronounced. Yeah. But no, it's it like you can't put on weight running hundred mile weeks and not going to the gym and, mm. and not having calorie. Like you can you can run hundred mile weeks if you're eating more calories than you're burning. You can put on weight. But most people can't do that. That's an extreme amount of calories.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I'll whistle through my week, fellas. Monday, 14K, 4.43s. I was a bit sore after Jales Park. A few of those DOMs hit me on Monday, so I took it pretty easy. 7K in the afternoon at 4.42s. Tuesday, Anzac Day, did a longer workout. Did 6K, 4K, 2x2K, 1K, all off two minutes jog between. Average around 3.18 pace. Um, Just trying to really do like a longer workout during the week now. Something that's just not going to trigger the hammy, flare that up. Um, And yeah, I reckon Jales Park brought me up a bit. Because after those DOMs settled down, I kind of felt pretty fit in this workout, which was a good sign. And trying to get some longer work done, because Gold Coast Marathon's only nine weeks away when I finish this uh, weekly recap. So that's going to come around pretty quick. Got out for 7k in the afternoon, 428 pace. Wednesday, did 11k in the morning at 439s and then 8k in the afternoon at 437s. I think you gave me this idea, Moose, to split that like on your very easy days, do it as kind of like two by, you know, 40 minutes instead of going for the 70 and then like the 30. So I'm just kind of playing around with that at the moment if I'm going to make the Tuesdays a bit bigger. And it does work pretty well. Like, you're not as cooked while you're at work for the day. So that um that kind of worked all right. Then on the Thursday, I got this from you, Croaks, the old, like, just trying to roll some four-minute pace. So I did 18K at 405s. That's good. Time goes pretty quick when you're rolling at that pace. So, um yeah, kind of enjoyed that. And then on Thursday afternoon after work, I got into the gym for the first time. Which was good, I was the only one in there, so I didn't have to see any gym bros making me feel super skinny. The old distance runner in the gym, didn't do much, like I just took it pretty easy first up because I knew whatever I was going to do was going to hurt me, which it did Friday morning. was sore everywhere, like even sore like just where the bar was kind of leaning on my back when I was doing back squats and stuff. I didn't even have any weight on the bar boys, I was just doing back squats just with a bar to start off with. I don't know how much that thing weighs, but it kind of felt like it was pretty heavy. Twenty um, kilos. Is it twenty kilos? The bar. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: Well, there's different ones. I think the standard one's generally like twenty kilos. Is it
1: really twenty kilos? Yeah. Okay. The,
0: the proper they, ones they, are. They you do have, like yeah. The they do have lighter ones, ones but yeah.
1: Ah, uh, this that makes sense. It was pretty heavy. Um, I was planning to do a bit of a workout on Friday morning. I warmed up and felt okay, but. I was just going to do some one-minute reps, but I was just like, I couldn't get down to like 310 pace. My my legs were just sore in all different places, which I knew they were going to be. And I think it's a bit of that, like when you start in the gym, you got to sacrifice something. And for me, maybe it's just like a workout or two in the next couple of weeks until my body adapts and I can kind of handle it. Um, and looking at the like long-term approach, not, you know, the short-term of, of having kind of a nice week, looking pretty. Um, Saturday, I did my long run. I'm gonna try and work on a Saturday long run, Tuesday longer workout for the next like eight or nine weeks leading into Gold Coast. Just because it's it's kind of just yeah, timetabling and scheduling, it makes it hard. The other four work days, all the days during the week, I have to kind of be home at 7.30. So it kinda of makes it hard to do anything of substance other than on the Tuesday when I don't have to be home early. So I'm going to load the Tuesday, and then I'm going to load the Saturday, which just gives me that extra day recovery between the Saturday and the following Tuesday. So that's why the long run's gone to the Saturday. Um, Went to this place I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, Karop, about 40 minutes drive from Machuca. Beautiful spot, parked next to this massive lake called Lake Cooper. Mapped out a bit of a, a loop, which was 33k. Wanted to kind of do it. I kind of ran, yeah, 14k flat first before I got to the hilly section and then kind of went up one big hill, a couple of rollers after that and then it was kind of downhill and flat. So I think next time when I go there, I'll drive straight to the hilly section because I did get 260 meters, I think, of elevation in but it was all over about like 13k. So I think it's better that I go to that 13k next time and just do that loop a couple of times to try and get those... um you know, that elevation close to 500, ran past a historical marker, which was the Colburn Abbon Community Well, which I thought was really weird, I was just out the middle middle of nowhere, and then there was just this sign, and then there was like this old Community Well sign, and then, um, yeah, a few bits of wood there, which I thought was um, completely random. And then I was a bit sick afterwards. You know, when you get like kind of the hot and cold sweats when I got back to my car, it was just freezing cold and had like goosebumps and had the heater blare on the way home and then I was too hot and then pretty much spent the rest of the day Saturday on the couch in all sorts. Um, terrible sleep Saturday night, just sweating up a storm, changing clothes that have drenched, all that kind of good stuff. And then Sunday I got out for a 13, 7K double Um and then I actually went to the gym Sunday night, put Hudson to bed and then just went and did a bit of a gym routine, what I did on the Thursday again. And that was um, that was a good week, 163k, two gym sessions, nothing special. But um, yeah, hopefully building a bit of strength there, leading into Albert Park, 10k this week, which should be, yeah, a good indication of where my fitness is at, because I think Jales Park kind of surprised me a bit and this will give me some good data just to see how I'm exactly going over 10k.
0: thirty, I reckon, then, if I'm running 29.15, I got you at 28.30. You're fitter than me. You've done um, way better stuff than me over the last month. How does your Tuesdays, Saturdays work with uh, AV? So the weeks weeks that you have to race on a Saturday, for example, do you then just go long run Sunday Sunday. and then – long session tuesday
1: yeah and i think like the long run similar to what i did last week like i did jails park on the saturday and then but i'll probably only do like two two and two ten kind of thing like and there's not like i'm saying there's nine weeks to go but i think there's three av races in there and like you're not going to do much the weekend before so i'm kind of down to four four weekends of kind of like long run marathon specific, you know, I want to start getting workouts in those long runs as well. So it's going to be a different build up. um, That's for sure. But we'll see how it goes. I think if I can hit a, if I can hit a good Tuesday and a good Saturday for seven or eight weeks, maybe I'm not, you know, fitness like I was leading into Valencia, but this marathon's never been about like throwing the absolute kitchen sink at it either. And it might be a good thing going in, not having a build up that's, that's massive in a way, going a bit underdone than overdone.
0: Yeah, so, I agree. Even for, yeah. even mentally, I think you'll go in going, "Oh, yeah. I'm not expecting too much from this because I haven't done the full marathon prep." Yeah, and you might actually surprise yourself.
1: And something about like not traveling overseas and like aiming for that huge breakthrough one, and you know, throwing heaps of money at the flights and accommodation and all that kind of other stuff. This is really very much like a um, what can I do? Yeah, being a dad and working. A few hours and just trying to fit the train in around it kind of thing but anyway see what happens. a few hours oh mate i've taken on this this new job i took on this year is had a massive impact on my running compared to what i was doing the last couple of years so i just think like the second child obviously makes things harder and then carly's going back to work and yeah the running for me is very much on the i've just got a i was thinking the other day just maybe coast through 2023 and just you know, just try to stay injury-free and then build on it in the next couple of years and make some make some different decisions that may free up running time a bit. Because I do feel like it's very much like just fit in as much jogging as you can on the days that aren't Tuesday and Saturday when you can kind of prioritise running a bit. Go back to your old job. That's what I'll be doing, I think. I think I'll be doing that, a bit more flexibility. There's the, the getting everything done by 7.30 kills me. That's the, mm. like you feel like you're a bit time-locked. Um so yeah, and I'm not, not afraid to get up early, but it just, it's dark. And it's, unless I start doing stuff on the treadmill, that's one option. But anyway, we'll see what happens, boys. Proof will be in the pudding in eight weeks, nine weeks' time.
0: Head to the Gold Coast for a fast, flat race this July. Whether you're looking for a personal best time or a winter break with the family, the Gold Coast Marathon on the 1st and 2nd July has it all. The weekend of events includes a distance for everyone. The Gold Coast Marathon, CPL Wheelchair Marathon, Essex Half Marathon, Southern Cross University 10k, CPL Wheelchair 10k, Gold Coast Airport 5k, and the Health and Wellbeing Queensland 2 and 4km Junior Dash. It's fast, it's flat, and it's scenic. Enter now at goldcoastmarathon.com.au. Let's thank Patreon supporters. Croaks, who you got? I've got Dan Garner this week, and this info that I'm about to read out has come from his mate Andrew. So he's a white collar school teacher, and one of the big dogs of the Horsham scene who capped a great world cross-country trip by banging beers back with Liam Adams and his mate John Holland. He's got PVs of 17.28, 18.41, which was at the Gold Coast 2022 half marathon, and 3.10 for the marathon, which he did in Singapore last year. He's got some work to do to bring that marathon time down as it's uh, it's a definite outlier with those results. So thanks for your support, Dan, and thanks to Andrew for that info.
1: Good on you, Dan. Who you got, Moose?
2: I've got uh, Ole Anders Siversen. Ole Anders Siversen from Oslo, Norway. Another Norwegian patron. Love that. PBs of 18.20, 37.19, 82.46 at the 2022 Copenhagen half and a 2.59 at 20.21 Rotterdam. Nothing on Strava between November and the start of April, so perhaps an injury in there. Maybe he's just uh, turning the volume yeah. down a little bit, yeah,
0: lessening the noise. <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty sure he's a store manager at Lobabet, which is a running store. I had a little look at this before.
0: Yeah, Shoe pretty Dog.
2: Pretty good, except it's not, uh, it's not in English, so. Can't read anything. Perhaps they'll think about that next time they decide to make a website.
1: I reckon they've got that, um, you know, that podcast that Christian talks about and there's a guy on there called Jesus and he's got the massive long hair and they had Camel Evans on.
2: Oh, he's yeah. On their is web- their that him?
1: That's him on the website there, isn't it, with the long I mean, hair? From
2: Sweden, though.
1: Yeah. Well, this website is .se. That'd be Sweden.
0: Well, just, I think it's a Swedish-based shoe company, but, that, but they also have stores
2: in Norway.
1: Yeah, that's that guy. He's a good runner, too. I reckon he's like a 215 so, guy.
2: So I'm on their website, and he's got a pair of overalls yeah. on. Like, he's a real hipster, those... that bloke.
1: <laughs> Isn't he the coolest bloke you've ever seen? Uh, put a picture They're in. like
2: old-school painting overalls that yeah. he's wearing in the shoe store. Yeah, he looks good. I'll tell you what, if anyone of my staff rocked up wearing overalls...
1: Wouldn't mind saying that <laughs> I'm from to, you, to be I'm honest. Telling
2: them, I'm telling them to get changed straight away. No, hey, like question that. for you. Swedish and Norwegian, same language?
0: Different.
2: Mm. I'm gonna say different.
1: I'm gonna say different too because I watched the um was it the Netflix like drama mini series slash documentary on the creation of Spotify and I reckon they were talking it was in like dub, but I reckon they were talking a Swedish language, not Norwegian.
2: You wouldn't you just think you'd make the same language? No nah, mate. If you were that close together. Nah. Culture. They'd probably Who makes it so difficult?
1: Yeah, come on mate. That's 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 the whole world. I'm going to thank um, Ian Kehoe. He lives in Mexico City. We're going all over the world today, fellas. 5K PB 1639 at the 2020 Chase the Moon 5K held at Queen Elizabeth Park. Olympic Park. That's in England. Yeah, Crocs? Yep. Because yep. according to his Power of 10 profile, he has other PBs a 3504 for 10K, 7818 for the half marathon and 242 for the marathon. According to his LinkedIn, in 2022, he relocated to Mexico to escape the corporate world to pursue unrealistic running ambitions. This is what we need to do, boys. Yeah. Just say no to How are you
2: affording that, though? How do you afford that? Well,
1: listen, before that, he was the head of process innovation at the Shearman and Sterling Group, which is a global law firm. So you got to get a good job, Moose, that pays you heaps, and just do it for a few years, and then you just live off that for the for the next twenty, and move to Mexico.
2: You still run out of money pretty quick, I reckon.
1: I reckon if you had invested, okay, you'd be right, wouldn't you? Just live off the dividends and stuff, the capital growth.
2: I love oh.
0: hearing stories like that, though. Guys just going all in. yo, know, you know what? Only live once. We're yeah. Going to uh, pursue running, and yeah, yeah. actually, I'm actually, only I'm live once. I'm
1: going to go out in twenty nine fifteen pace at my next ten k race. <laughs>
0: That reminds me, Moose. Before I knew you, I remember reading an article that you wrote for, I think it was oh, Runners Tribe. There go.
1: Do you remember oh. that one
0: about how you know it was yeah, like an
1: article, Moose, for Runners yeah, Tribe?
0: Yeah, it was about the whole um, how much he like. Yeah, he's not you know a professional. He has to get up and train in the morning. It's dark, but like absolutely loves it. Something something along those lines. Yeah, do you I remember, remember that article? I do
2: remember. Yeah. yeah, living in Geelong, we're talking about our. Knocking off work at five thirty, get down the track, it's pitch black already, doing workouts with the group, and then get home at like I don't know, eight thirty at night and it's like I'm done. Time to time to go to bed next day, wake up, double. I remember that. Yeah,
0: and, and I remember you closed off with something like I wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world or something like that, you know, That's like Liam really just... Adams
1: vibes, I reckon, from you.
2: Fuck you got a good memory. Yeah, thanks for the memory. That stuff—that
1: stuff sounded hard at the time, but that would be the dream now. Like pre-kids, oh,
2: yeah.
1: like I'd love doing <laughs> afternoon workouts.
2: Oh, I'm not yeah. sure what it's it like at your
1: good. place, but that like five to seven p.m. at our place is just mayhem.
0: Yeah, I get a leave pass on a Tuesday to go and train with the group.
1: Yeah, still you gotta have the energy though to do it. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's talk about some running news. Run the ten. I'll go there first. Your boy Croaks, Joy Edwards, got the win. He's back racing. Haven't seen him for a while. He uh, won in a time of 10.23. Maddie Clark was second in 10.26. Archie Noakes, a junior for Macedon, also had a good world cross-country, Archie. He ran at 10.31. What all that means is Craig Mottram's record of 10.08 is still safe, but good to see Jai out there. Um, didn't see much. They kind of have a, a, a camera set up in... The start and finish, and at the top of the hill. So you kind of see him go past one camera, then you see him at the finish line. So not sure how it panned out, but Jai was winning at the top of the hill, and then obviously winning at the end there. Uh, the women's race, Jess Hull, she got the win and broke the record. She ran 11:31. Record was 11:35 from Lyndon Hall. Lyndon was second in 11:36, and Abby Caldwell third in 11:46. So that field, that women's field, was super deep as well. Um, Yeah, it was pretty impressive to see all those ladies on the start line there. In the para race, Michael Rowe got the win there in 11.03. And Annabelle Coleman won the women's in 14.10. This event's it's growing. I've just got some notes here. I reckon it's got that real community vibe about it, like... Um, they seem to do a good job of getting the local celebrities involved. I saw a lot of PR around it last week in places that you don't often see people talking about running. I do have concerns, though. And it's same with the 10 relays when they happen in September with the AV circuit. There's going to be a collision and someone's going to get hurt sometime here because it's still open to the public. And it's just, you watch the stream and you're just like waiting for someone to get, you never want to see it, but taken out by a runner moving it. You know, these guys are going at 245 pace, aren't they? Women would be Mm. 3-minute K pace. like
2: It's like 22K, 23K. Yeah, like
1: if you're out there walking your dog, and I know they had some electric scooters going around with people in high-vis just kind of in front of the runners, I'm sure, warning the people that they're about to come from behind. But, yeah, if you got headphones on walking your dog and, you know, Jess Hull goes flying past you at, at 20K an hour and there's ever a collision, and also for them to race and be like, I've also got to get around pedestrians while I'm out here trying to do it. And I just a simple note to put here is like name me one other sport where you know elite sporter have the general population on their in their sporting arena so um yeah it'd be interesting to see if the growth of this event gets to a stage where they actually close that significant running track in melbourne thoughts boys
0: um yeah like i thought it was interesting having a live like a live stream when you literally see the runners for 20 seconds in the whole race it's like that's what I'm more com- bad
1: about the community thing. It's like this is the elite bits only a component of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But oh, the elite bits it though. That's I know what's it's, marketed. I, that is what that's marketed all year round is like who we got who's coming to run. So I I'd I really see argue the celebrity
1: race. bit is nearly the main bit. Like mm. What celebrities can we get there to get some attention?
2: Well, Which is what you got to do. They get some good elites there yeah. like it's a it's a solid race. Yeah, and, Jess Hull uh,
1: won 10 grand for breaking the record. Great money.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Jess Hull's our best runner, mm. really. She is our best distance runner. And then you've got Joy Edwards who, I mean, he, he, he's, what, Olympian, right? So, uh, Matt Clark, Olympian. Archie Noakes, maybe future Olympian. Lyndon Hall, Olympian. Abby Caldwell, Olympian. Yeah. And, and, uh,
1: it's good Good women's field. Like, yeah, they had they had a lot of... Olympians World Champs reps further on down that list as well.
2: Yep. Um, I, for the – it's interesting in the um, surfing world, if you go to an event like the Curl Pro or at Bells Beach, you don't have the public surfing out there. But if you go to a Torquay board riders meet or a Jan Juck board riders who are out there at Bells, you'll most likely have the public rock up and, and still probably get in the water. Um, and so it's, it's the level of event that dictates whether they have the power to kick others out or not pretty much.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, and and not, I guess this one's more about paying the money to shut down the TAN. It yeah. costs a fortune. Like the fees involved in that and the permits would just be insane amounts of cash. Um, not sure whether they'd even let you shut down the TAN given that it's a walking path.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either.
2: It's been going a few we, years. Though. It's growing. How are you going right? to shut down the tan? How are you going to shut down a walking path?
1: You'd have to fence the whole thing and not let people in it. Couldn't do it. You could fence the whole thing.
2: Nah, you wouldn't. Well, Albert no, Park. Way. Albert Park's
0: like a walking trail, and they close that for the Formula One. For the Formula One.
2: <laughs> yeah, you want They'd to close, close it for it off. weeks
1: too, don't they? I think they're still backing it up there. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be big cost. There was more news, though, about Jess Hull recently as well. Croaks talking about her?
0: Yeah, so it uh, must have been last week or the week before she put a um, yeah a post on Instagram saying that she was announcing that she was leaving the United Track Club and will now be based in Australia. Um, obviously, she'll be spending still six months of the year, probably over in Europe, um, competing. Uh, but her, I guess, training base now will be here in Australia. Um, didn't have any other details about who was coaching her or what group she'd run with, but, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Good S- to have her back. Start
1: a rumour. Where, where is she going to train in Australia?
0: Probably at home. I reckon. Wollongong? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's got a few um, a few male uh, runners to help her with a lot of sessions, and she made reference to that when we had her on.
1: Oh, yeah, putting two and two together.
2: Moose, Well, Well, ideas? I mean, I, I guess you've got to – did she mention the reason that she's leaving? I don't think
1: so. She was very supportive of the people that have helped her get this far.
2: Yeah, like so Pete like... Julian
1: and Sonia O'Sullivan, I think she, she name-dropped in there.
2: Is she is she moving specifically for another group or is she moving to be closer to her husband who, who lives in Australia, maybe, or, or her family who's in Wollongong? I think um, she
1: said she's still with Nike, if that helps. I'll look up the exact post now while we're talking about it.
2: To me, it was reading more like she's moving back to be closer to her family or, or to be, like, where her husband is based. So that's how I read that. Um, yeah, I
0: agree, Moose. I agree.
1: That's good. Do you want to go to uh, some more results here? McLarenvale Marathon. Do you see this? Um, Riley Cox beat his brother Jacob Cox sixty five thirty nine, in the half marathon to sixty five forty. Tara Palm got the win in the women's one sixteen forty one. Indy Zamet won the marathon in three hundred six thirty one, and David Starher won the men's in two forty four ten. Sponsor of the show a couple of weeks ago, and some fast boys and girls rocked up for some good prize money.
0: Yeah, I think the Cox boys were actually trying to like dead heat it. Um, oh really? Yeah, well I saw I saw um, Jake's uh, Strava saying uh, tried to like dead heat it with Riley, but the clock obviously it was like slightly the timing was you know had Riley in front
1: ah yeah, yeah that's the only thing I saw is there a photo of it anyway was there a do photo of the you know what, I, fucking,
0: I, you
2: know what I love here <laughs> I don't know who did these notes but Riley Cox is spelt C O C K S, <laughs> yeah, and Brady, his brother Brady did this <laughs>
0: one. <insults
2: C-O-S.
0: laughs> it, good pickup, good pickup from you, Moose. That yeah. a copy
1: and paste. See, I shouldn't be doing notes, this should already be done by croakes. Yeah, I don't know Brady, what I'm typing in this in for.
0: This is Brady's stuff up, <laughs> but he at least yeah, pronounced yeah. it right. He pronounced Makes it sense. right. Yeah, I don't know about
2: the marathoner that he pronounced. But, but that's all you need
0: on a podcast. You just need to pronounce things right. Yeah, come on, mate. No <laughs> one's reading the notes here. <laughs> um, a bit more running news. So you know how a lot of the brands have been setting up their own races? So, like, I think ASICS had one last year in Spain. Um, Adidas, they set one up. They've been going a few years now at their headquarters in Germany. So they had a 5K, a 10K, a 10K. And a half marathon for all like Adidas sponsored athletes. So, uh, in the men's 10k, Sebastian Soye, uh he moved to fifth fastest all time on the men's 10k list with a 26:49. He beat Kibiwot Candy who ran 26:53. In the women's 5k, Ethiopia's Medina Issa narrowly denied her compatriot Sambiri Tafiri a third consecutive women's 5k victory as she sprinted to a world under 20 best of 14:46 to beat her rival in a photo finish. So there's a couple of um good runs there. And then just in the other results, the men's 5K, uh Bahanu Balu, he won uh in thirteen oh six, beat yomif Kajelcha, also thirteen oh six, women's ten K was won by Irene Jepchumba, uh Kimace in thirty twenty three, and the men's half was won by Tedesi Takhili uh, yeah, in 60 minutes and four seconds, and the women's half was won by uh, Batukin Welday in
1: 67.44. I like how they do these. It's a good way to market the shoes. Good way to get the people in one spot. Yeah. Smash some quick times. All right, let's move on to the On Cloud Monster review. A massive thanks to On for supporting the Inside Running podcast. A shoe that was spoken about a lot last year, I think, in our weekly recaps, but the first time we've actually done a shoe review on the Cloud Monster. Uh, Moose, we're still on version one of the Cloud Monster. Would that be correct?
2: Yeah, V1. Haven't even seen V2 yet. So this is current and it's also future at the moment.
1: Okay, good. Where does it sit? That's the first question I always give the shoe dog. Where does it sit on the wall?
2: It's in it high, cu- high cushion, uh, it's a neutral shoe, it's a long run shoe, it's a recovery day shoe. This is their most cushioned shoe from the brand. Um, it's their best shoe in my opinion. It's the shoe that I think like most runners uh, kind of feel excited by within their range. It's got a nice little rocker, it's got a bit of toe spring. It's you see the the cloud tech, which is what they call their little pods, there's just more foam above them uh and they've 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 you can see the way that they alternate them um like one up, one down. It's just a whole lot softer than a lot of their other product, and so it's the first time I've put one on and thought, yep, I'm running in this i've I like it
1: yeah, I ran my pair last year like into the bin, like put that many K's into them, like just, I reckon I hit a thousand K's in them, I absolutely loved them when they sent them to us last year, um, I think, did we do like a review of shoes at the end of last year's episode, I reckon we did, and I reckon this was maybe my like jogging shoe of the year, the on cloud monster, had a lot of fun in it. And I often think, like when you've had good run results, like it's it's often good to think about a what the workouts and stuff you were doing and how your life was kind of set up with your routines and things like that. But what what are you spending a lot of time shoe wise wearing? And for me, 2022 was um, a massive amount of K's in the On Cloud Monster. I felt like it wasn't a shoe, and croaks so I know you'll disagree with me. I couldn't get rolling in it. For me, it was really a recovery shoe. And uh, probably an easier long run shoe, like say, I remember vividly doing like AV races on the Saturday, and then just a time on feet, easy long run on the Sunday, and the On Cloud Monster would be the shoe of choice, just to get that extra cushioning, um, and I, it was really for me like a, a 4.15 to a kind of 4.40 um, jogging shoe. I'm actually getting like, yeah, just just enjoying, thinking about um, some of the runs I did in that shoe last year. Good memories with that one, Croaks. Yeah, I disagree
0: in terms of I yeah, felt I like it's a shoe that you could really get rolling. So the first time I put this on was yeah, the week after. You get after. rolling in every shoe, by the way, yeah, so we must yeah, but say I've, that. I've, I've just gone back through my The first time I put it on was the week after Sydney 10. We were in Wagga, straight out of the box for an hour, 4.02s. I'm like, I love this shoe. Two days later, 30K at 4-minute Ks. And then when I was preparing for Gold Coast last year, when I was down the coast, I did that um, – Long run where I did close to 30k and then sort of 6k at the end. I ran 30k at 350s in this thing over like 400 meters of elevation. So this was my go-to long-run shoe last year. I've been through like two pairs of them so far, and I just found it fun because um, like there was enough cushion there, but I liked that it was st- stiff enough for that pop and also a really nice rocker. I think I mentioned last week like the rockers are something that really agree with me and, and my sort of stride. So, yeah, I'm a massive fan, and I know I've spoken about it a lot before on the podcast, how much I enjoyed this shoe. And, um, yeah, it'll, it'll continue to be my sort of midweek long run and long run shoe.
1: Yeah, great for warm-ups and cool-downs too. I used to like just putting it on and just getting a bit of that, um, I don't know, comfort after a workout, like just a bit of softness when you're just cooling down.
0: Moose, Where are you, Moose? Where are you,
2: Moose, on the can you get rolling in it? Uh Not in particular, nah. You wouldn't have done
1: too many long runs in it, would you?
2: No, I I haven't. I've probably gone 25K in it. Oh, really? That far? Yeah, like, I enjoy it as a shoe, but I don't love it like uh, I love some other shoes. Uh, I feel like it's very reliable for me. Um, I often put it on when um, I feel like I... I don't know, I need a safe shoe underfoot. Um, it's, rel- it's pretty light for how much cushion it is. So you're looking at like 270 grams or something, which is, which is really like a, in the lightweight category for high cushion shoes. And I, again, the upper is amazing, around my, the front of my foot. I judge shoes now big time on the uppers and, and on how they fit my foot. And this thing here locks it at the heel I like the lacing, secures the midfoot, and I like that in an 11.5, which I'm not an 11.5 in many shoes, but I fit easy into this 11.5. So just the volume makes me happy. Underneath, I think, I feel like I'm still in just an old EVA foam, even though there's the pods kind of make it work well, and I do think they work well together, but this... This area of shoe now, I think it needs some more fun in the next version. I think we need a little bit more pop out of the foam. And if you can get that going with those pods, this, this shoe could be magic. I don't think it's magic yet, but I think it could be.
1: Mm, okay. That's interesting. And you don't know any time scale when it may arrive?
2: Second what, version? New, new, no, no, no. no. I haven't Nothing. seen it. Nothing. No. Well, not yet. I mean... It's not, we're not seeing it this year.
1: Okay. Do all the on boys over in um, Boulder running at Croaks, is that their go-to?
2: Yeah. Like Ollie think... and
1: Morgan and that, like I know you watch all their stuff.
0: Yeah, haven't for a while, but yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that this is their like long run shoe.
1: Gone off them. What about, um? what do you see in Stormoose with on? Or just because I wore a pair to work the other day and it seemed to get a lot of um, attention. Just like, you know, guys are involved and girls involved in like rec running on Mm. staff and they're like oh you're wearing a pair of ons and like they wanted to like chat about it and like they're asking me about the pods at the bottom and um i guess like a a newer brand on the scene in a way like what's the what's it look like with yeah the store and runners and stuff
2: they're they're a massively fast growing brand Mm. so they i think they're like they own something like 40 percent of the market in switzerland um now that's crazy really like to have that much of the running market there. And I think in Europe, something like 10%, or maybe in Germany, 10%. Again, a huge that's a huge number. Uh, so they're big in Europe, of course. We have a lot of like walkers come in with them because aesthetically, they're brilliant-looking shoes. And in the new, well, walking store <laughs> that we just opened called Walking by the Running Company, it's in Geelong. It's, uh, it's the announcement we were talking about last week. On will play a really big part in that store because aesthetically clean looking shoe, Uh, in terms of the make, this Swiss made, like not Swiss made, but Swiss designed, they're just really high quality materials um, and they're versatile. A lot of them you can run in, but you can also go, as you say, Brady, down the pub in. Very stylish. Yeah. So, Especially it, the in,
1: black on black. That's a very stylish shoe.
2: Yeah. I, I think later this year we're going to see models come out that that com- don't complete their range, but they fill in the gaps of the range. Uh, and that's what I've been looking for for the brand. Um, I remember getting getting a pair like three years ago and uh, the, the national sales manager gave me a pair. I jogged in them and like I jogged down the, the alley in them and then I gave them back and I said I, I, I can't take these I'm not going to wear them I, I, I can't stand them and uh, that's sort of how I felt about On until I've, the monster came out until this Stratus has sort of hit the, hit the floor uh, and then there's a couple of models coming later that I really like the look of too so uh, I, they're, they're making good moves
1: Hmm. interesting watch this space we've on Definitely, um, oh, even with their pro team and stuff in Australia, like they're on the radar for sure now.
2: Well, oh, they're sponsoring everything. And they're getting it. it. an AV season. XCR, yeah, we love yeah. that. Like, this is a brand who's going grassroots. Vic Miles Club, yeah. sponsoring that. They're going, they were, they're they're that. going everywhere. They're yeah. Going, this is, uh, we, like, no one's invested in these things for a very long time. So it's awesome to see On do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Massive thanks to On. Uh, training talk, listen to Question Croaks.
2: Yes, yeah, so we've got
0: a training talk segment this week, which is sponsored by Gold Coast Marathon. So run your next PB at the Gold Coast Marathon in 2023, fast, flat and scenic. There is an event distance for everyone from the full marathon to the kids' two and four kilometre junior dash. Enter now at goldcoastmarathon.com.au. And so with thanks to Gold Coast, we had some listener questions come through uh, for the, the training talk segment. And now uh, this week's question, which... We had about four or five people actually write this one in, and it's uh, any tips for helping people training in cold states for coping with the potential heat and humidity on the Gold Coast. Um, So we do have lots of other questions which we will address between now and Gold Coast, but that's the one that we're going to attack tonight. Thoughts, boys? Good question. Good
1: question. Mm. The amount of times I've said to people I will never run Gold Coast Marathon because I've stood at that 32k mark where you have to run past the finish line so many times and watch the carnage of people just being like race is done and it just looks so open exposed and hot um i just thought that's definitely something i don't want to ever do but now i'm doing it in eight or nine weeks and this is relevant for me because i do live in the southern part of australia where it does get pretty cold over the next eight or nine weeks and I think the hour difference with start time makes a huge difference. Like the 6 a.m. start now means you're probably not going to... What time does the sun come up? 7-ish? 6.45? Like you're not going to be in full sun for a for at least the first hour of that race, which makes a significant difference compared to what it used to be. So I think that's one... I guess it just like lowers that heat... A bit and that, that factor that it could have, but you yeah, are going to see it later in the race. I think for me, I'm going to start where I live in a Chukamoama. We still have good, like nice kind of autumn and winter days where it might get to 14, 15 degrees in the middle of the day. So I'm thinking about actually doing some of my longer workouts. So instead of at 7 a.m., just put them back to midday, 1 p.m. Um, I know it's going to change that whole vibe around what you're going to eat and the routines and getting out of the way. But I'm going to kind of do that even if I have to layer up a bit with some long sleeve shirts or some, you know, an extra pair of arm warmers or, or something like that, just to try and get used to that 15 to 16 um, degrees, which I think we'll probably experience something like that in the last hour. And we all know the last hour of a marathon is pretty difficult, but plus, you're going to have that that heat that you haven't potentially been exposed to until then. So I'm going to try to expose myself to a bit of that. And it might even be like, I know I said before, I'm going to do Saturday long runs and workouts, but I might even check the weather. And if it looks warmer on a um, Sunday, then it is going to be the Saturday. Kind of do that flip just to try and get a bit more acclimatized to it. What do you reckon, boys? Is that a mistake? No, I don't like it. Don't Don't like like it. it.
2: At all. Why not? I I, I really don't like it Um, because it's not going to work. So you're telling me you're Why going to go to out? Work? You're going to go out when it's 15 degrees? Yeah. And wear arm warmers? Wow. Well, and think that you're going to adapt you... to the heat using like that's not going to be anywhere close to hot enough.
1: But that's how hot it, to... it will be at the Gold Coast. It's not Doesn't going to be matter. 25. It's only going to be 15, 16 by the time I'm finishing.
2: So perception-wise, you may feel like you've been there, but you're not getting the physiological changes required to actually be adapted to heat better by doing that.
1: What do you mean? Aren't I running in the same temperature at the same pace?
2: Yeah, but that's not, like, it's not going to help you in any way doing that. You might as well do your workout earlier. Like, if you really want to do it properly, do it properly. No, but, but
1: wouldn't it be better if I do my workout in 15 degrees? Because that's what it's going to feel like. Like, it might only be 3 or 5 degrees at, like, 7 a.m. where, where I'm talking
2: what's about it. What's the hottest you think it'll get at the Gold Coast?
1: 18? 16, 18?
2: 16, 18, I don't think you need to do heat work for.
1: You think just do all my work at, like, 5 to, to 10 degrees in my and then when I get up there, it's not going to be a shock to the system when it gets to 16, 18?
2: I think you do your work at what best suits your life and you don't adjust your training for a race that's going to be 16 to 18 degrees. Because I don't think that heat, that temperature is enough to warrant changing your training for.
1: Interesting. Okay, I don't have to worry about it. Is, Is the people writing in the questions worrying about something they shouldn't have to worry about?
2: Well, I think if it gets up to 22 degrees, 23 degrees, that's when you should start doing some work for it. That's when you should potentially start doing some some sort of heat training but again what it's not going to get to that is it or if it does it'll be very late in the race
1: yeah well i'm also talking about someone who's hopefully going to be finished you know two and a half hours in so by 8 30 in the morning
2: yeah but there are yes. going to be
1: listeners who are going to be out there at you know 10 11 a.m where it jumps up pretty quick there
2: yeah and that's but this is the thing like you can do you can you can do heat training and and it, heat training works like you, you can become adapted to run better and perform better in the heat, um, but you have to do it properly. And and if you don't do it properly, then you can cook yourself, or you can hurt your own training by focusing on what we would call a one percenter, like heat training, over the 99%, which is actual proper running training. So what we do know is the fitty that you can get, the fitter you get means the better adapted to heat you'll be. If you go, okay, I've got an hour run to get done, but I'm gonna do, but I wanna do heat training as well. So I'm gonna run for 45 minutes, and then I'm gonna get ready, I'm gonna jump in the sauna for, for, for 10 minutes. Um, then I'd, I'd, I'd say you're best off running for the hour. Mm.
1: Uh,
2: and fitness if some, wins
1: in that situation.
2: Fit, fitness wins, exactly. Exactly it does. Uh, if someone's got the time and the energy and they want to do it properly, then great, go and do it properly like fully endorse doing it properly and and I think even if it's not just for heat adaption, like where a lot of athletes now are using heat is for actual performance gains outside of just hot races, so like using heat as a stimulus to um to to get better, to get fitter to get adaptions even like outside of just training. So it's one of those things like altitude that you can do to increase stress on the body, even at rest, like even if you're in the sauna or like adding stuff to training to make it a little more stressful in order to, to, to get it, become a fitter athlete, to, um, yeah, to, to ba- basically be more efficient on race day.
1: Average weather in July, low of 9, high of 21. Did you feel it at all, Croaks, last year you finished off after the pacing job?
0: Well, I think that's the thing. Like, I think we overestimate the impact of the heat on the Gold Coast coming from the southern states because, you know, yeah, we're used to training in three degrees, five degrees, and maybe lower humidity. And so you go up there and you do notice the humidity, but at the end of the day it's still only like 16, 17 degrees. So that's not going to impact performance that much. And so all of this like preparing your body for heat is probably not necessary but one thing I think is important up there is to make sure that you fuel really well during the race because mm. that extra humidity, like, and this is where I noticed it, was early on like you still feel okay, but then you get to 25, 30K, and if you haven't taken on the fluids, that's when you fall in a hole. So I think it's really important to keep on top of that um, to you know, uh, fight off you know, the effects of the humidity that you'll feel um, the back end of the race yeah
2: it's a perception thing like it will feel warmer because you're not used to it but yeah. I, I i do not i actually don't think that it's going to act, um, affect your performance like croak said so just even just being aware that it will feel warmer but not worrying about it too much like not stressing about it
1: so should i think people the, I think try the... to take more fluids in training knowing that they'll have to do that on race day
0: well, that's probably not a bad bad tip in terms of just getting their stomach ready, yeah. because obviously if you're training in a cold environment, you'll often go, "Oh, I don't feel like drinking because it's you know it's three degrees," but you want to prepare your stomach to be able to handle all that, um, because you've got to remember, you know, if you're coming out of the winter here, like all of those sweat glands and stuff, you just don't sweat as much, and so then you get up there and you get that humidity and you start sweating more. And obviously the humidity means that it's not, like, uh, it's not really cooling you down that much. And so you're just going to be losing more and more fluids. And that's why it's really important to actually you know, keep on top of it early so that it doesn't hit you in that last 10K.
1: Hmm. I like that, boys. Good conversation around that. Um, anything else there, Croaks? Massive thanks to Gold Coast for, oh, yeah. for supporting the show. Yeah, we should do that. Um... Anything, anything else we need to say? It's going to be good. Uh, Big things yeah, coming no, for I Gold Coast. Did. All three of us are going to be there. Got so a lot of
2: books still. You both Booked? Yeah,
0: I'm booked. I'm locked in. I'm uh, pacing the lead women again. Are you? What How pace? Not sure, but I think it'll be sort of at that course record pace of Ooh. like so back through like seventy two minutes through half. Are you going to finish it? I'm undecided yet. Man, you might to... be together.
1: I might be uh-huh. in that group. Uh-huh. Croak seventy two.
0: Well, if I run 29:15 on the weekend, I um I may actually have a have a crack at the I marathon.
2: <laughs> what after dropping him at what 30? You know
1: what's going to happen, you, Moose. I'm going to have a bad day. Guess who's going to go past me at 39k? Bullshit. Isn't it, it is bullshit. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to get paid more than me. Like he'll get his pay pay for the pace yeah. then, and he will come past, smoke me. Have, the, have to glory to it for in the the next, butt, three next years. episode. Yeah. yeah. Next three years, I'll be hearing about that.
0: I won't be beating you, mate. That's all right. Oh, I'm
1: not that fit, corrects at the moment. Definitely not in 2915 shape, that's for sure. Uh, Moose on the Loose, Purchase of the Leak.
2: Oh, Purchase of the Week. Got a good one here.
1: Oh, you bought a shop, didn't you? Tell us about this shoe store.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, this is Moose on the Promo. Basically, we had a lot of, like, over the last 10 years or so of working and running stores, 12 years actually. A lot of people come in and the first comment they make to us, oh, I'm not sure if I should be in here. I don't know if this is the right place for me. Oh, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I just walk. Right? I, I hear that several times a day. And, like, there's a general sort of feel out there that going into a running store can be quite an intimidating environment for someone who doesn't run. We've got posters on the wall of... Ali Pashley and Sinead Diver like leading the New York Marathon. We got Prefontaine at an indoor meet on one wall. Uh, we got trophies on the wall from some gun runner. All these singlets up there, race bibs. It's quite intimidating for someone who's not a um, not a runner. But we did have uh, almost like forty five percent of our customers were walkers. And so uh, Bree and I, and uh, Big Christoph at Clifton Hill, we decided to. To, to, to go into the walking game so we wanted to create an environment where someone can walk in and not fear and, and not feel intimidated so they're gonna they, like a walker will come in our store and there won't be any big posters there'll be no flashy images and there's no um like there's no elitism about it there's no celebration of running it's it's just a comfortable space with a toned down vibe with a different selection of shoes for someone who needs to either wear shoes to work, to go for a bush walk, to walk around the town to walk around the town to, to um push their pram. We'll get a lot of mums and dads coming in doing a bunch of walking with their pram. So uh it's our space now. It's called walking by the running company uh it's a bit of a like franchise thing here we want to tie it back the running company's got a good reputation in town so um we still need like we still fit people properly it's still like a high service environment perhaps even more of a high service environment uh it's just a little bit of a different vibe different selection of shoes really excited actually it's been it's taken us well it hasn't taken that long really it's been a tight turnaround a lot of bit of stress lately before the shop opened and we're still missing a few things like some signage and that but yeah we are uh, we go now
1: yeah good on you exciting times
2: yeah this is where you get your pub shoes from
1: ah, I've, got a, I've got enough pub shoes i don't go to the pub that often actually i have enough shoes i need shoes to go to the pub it's, it's running K's moose running uh, i
2: reckon i reckon you come in you find something for yourself is it
1: close to the other store that right next door or something yeah
2: it, it's around the corner so we're on like we're on a corner block but we're the two shops back from the actual corner so we have like an l so out the back there's a like our stockroom, and one direction out of the stockroom is the run store and the other direction is the walk store they don't interact in any way except the back of house is all combined
1: different uniforms are. i saw a picture today wearing denim Denim shirts.
2: Yeah. Fuck, you can see i done my back. <laughs> you looked like,
1: real stiff, didn't you?
2: Bree's holding me up. I literally nearly fell over after that. Yeah, That. That was a terrible photo from me, but Bree looked good. It looked look good. There, so
0: you, you'll struggle to walk around the walking store this week then, Moose.
2: You won't be able to walk at all. Are you going to it's do not race not walking book. shoes? What's a race walking shoe? You know,
1: like the race walking at the Olympics and stuff. like yeah, Jared I know Talon. what they are,
2: But what, what are their what shoes? What do they wear? They wear running shoes. Oh, do they? They've actually like I was talking to um,
1: Ritty and to... Cowley. See what he ran at Jales Park? He's a race walker. He ran like eighteen thirty-five. Did he? Yeah, he's a good runner though. He's running like twenty-nine thirty, I think.
2: Jeez, yeah, you no, know, he gets he, he's pretty good. They all run. I remember seeing um, J- Jemima Montag out for a jog at oh, St Moritz. Yeah, yep. and um, <laughs> she came fourth at the Olympics, didn't she? I think she did. Yeah, she fourth. did. Got a picture yeah. with Kip
1: Choji on the bus. Remember?
2: And she goes, oh, yeah, we we asked her later, me and Sinead, we were running together, and we said, oh, you, you always go for a run? And she's like, yeah, I get bored walking, so I just start running.
1: <laughs> I saw her hooking around the main street of Moama one year. Same thing. Running or
2: walking? Well,
1: she was walking, but she was going about four-minute K pace. Like, she was yeah. fine. I was like, who yeah. is this? I'm like, oh, yeah, Olympic fourth place.
2: But they were a bit behind the walkers, like when the super shoe stuff came out.
1: Oh, really? And I didn't they didn't like yeah, it.
2: Yeah, so I remember – They wear those now? They do now, yeah, a lot of them do. But someone wore, like, at the Olympics, they were wearing the Alpha Flies and they looked horrible. Like, the amount for of... walking. Because you, walking, you're in contact with the ground for so much longer.
1: Race walking. We're talking about race walking here, aren't
2: we? Oh, yeah, race walking, yeah. Race walking. It's so mean it's walking. It's fast walking. But you're in contact two, with... Two the weeks ground. in a
0: row we've spoken about race walking. <laughs> Kerry Saxby last week. Oh, yeah, oh, you were on
2: about that, weren't you? <laughs> Your little pin-up girl, Kerry Saxby.
0: But you reckon the super shoes, though, because you got that extra pop, make it harder to stay on the ground?
2: Yeah. The whole time? I think, I oh, you'd sink been, in, though, wouldn't you? They still like the lower-profile ones. So the lower-profile, firmer ones look like the go still. They don't want the real soft, spongy ones.
1: Anyway, fellas, let's, let's finish the episode there. What's coming up? Much? Well, uh, Sydney 10, Albert New Park Wales,
0: 10. k Albert Park 10K.
1: Who, who's in the 10K cracks? Will you win it? If you run 20 and 15, you'd win it, wouldn't you?
0: Nah, so I think Ed Goddard's the favourite. Oh, yeah. Ed win um, my boy. But Kieran Perkins, who won last year, the milkman, as Moose calls him. Yeah, we uh, like him. He's our man. He's He's coming back. Good. Um Betty Saint's having a run. Oh, yeah. Uh, Top five, bar I reckon, Foxy. for you. Coxie. Luke, Luke hints.
1: Oh, yeah, he won the cross-country yeah. race up there yeah. a couple of weeks ago.
0: He ran 30.01 last year, but so he'll be looking to go under 30. Which
2: is the one you said you'd flog in our message Yeah, trip. Matt Cox. Oh, you said you'd flog, yeah, yeah,
1: That's the one getting has <laughs> off Coxie. if you're listening. You're a dead man walking, according to Christ. You guys, you
2: guys, you guys said right
0: now. that's the bet that Moose has got. So there you go. If uh, What was it? Because, yeah, you think I'll beat Coxie.
2: Nah, you said you would.
0: Is I did not. Smoking? No, he beat me last year.
2: What did he run last
0: year?
1: Uh,
0: 29. He beat me by about five seconds last year. He beat me me Canberra Marathon, too, in 2017. He won. Mm, He actually won Canberra Marathon.
1: Had some good Melbourne marathons back in the day, Coxie. Yeah,
0: got a faster marathon PB than you, Brady. He does. Quality runner. Quality runner, Coxie. He's he's, a 14,
1: 15, 14, 18 guy, too. Me and him come last and second last at the Melbourne Track Classic one year.
0: And you should see Strava. He is blue-collar. He's out at, like, 4 a.m. in the morning doing, like, 90-minute runs most days of the week. Big, yeah. big miles.
1: He's got a couple of kids too, doesn't he? Maybe I just need to harden up and do what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's got a kid. He's running 180k a week, but he, de- like, trains so early. Has he got one
1: or two kids? He's got one. It's yeah, a dream when you got one. Yeah, <laughs> Cox. Uh, there he is on Strava. Um, who's going to win Albert Park? 10K Moose? You saw the form at oh. Gels Park. Who wins?
2: Oh, well, I mean, going off that, I'd be backing in uh, Ed Marks, wouldn't you? Ed Marks.
1: Oh, I'd probably nearly go Cody if it was over 10k. I don't know a lot about Ed Marks, but I know Cody's been around the scene for a few years and might have a bit of extra strength with the extra 4k.
2: Well, now have a think about it. Who was in that fir- first leg? Bucks. Who still, well, Bucks, he won't run Albert Park.
1: No, he's not. I think he's back with 10, realise. Round one uh, and round so 10 he... he's doing.
2: Don't worry about Bucks. Who was second?
1: I'm trying to think who was in that lead pack. Archie, Archie Noakes, Noakes was up there,
2: wasn't he? Jeez. I'm back in Archie Noakes. He'd be still young, twenty, one.
1: wouldn't he? Do they run with us?
2: He'd Yeah, they do. I think
1: they do. Yep. Croaks, you got a prediction for Albert Park?
0: Um. Oh, hmm. I'll have to get. Oh, no. Nah. am uh, trying to think who else was? What do you up reckon? Top? Which race is going to be deeper, Moose?
1: Albert Park or Sydney Ten?
2: Oh, deeper. In terms of what cut-off, like, I'd, I'd say Albert top Park. Or top
1: 20. Go top 20.
0: Albert, Albert Park will be deeper, but Albert Park won't be certified, so. Yeah. Um, they should yeah. certify it. Like, you well, pay, I wish yeah. they did
1: certify it. You pay good rego money. That's a big, deeper race. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to stick up for New South Wales here because New South Wales have copped a lot of shit over the last year with like from you,
2: you
0: know, mainly. No, not from me. From you two <laughs> blokes about oh yeah, you guys only ran like 9.9k, <laughs> and people and be- because people ran fast. Now
2: it's been a good gag.
0: Yeah, You've it's been a good it's that. been a good gag, but in about six days' time that gag ends and the attention gets turned to Athletics Victoria. Now you guys should be campaigning for AV to make that a legit 10K oh, yeah. course. Yeah. That comes up next, doesn't it, Brady? Definitely. Although, it's you you
1: must paying pay
0: big, big, big dollars to run every week, aren't you?
2: Yeah. That's part true. of the, part of the got, um, winter we season. We got with some fucking tattoos, some temporary tattoos from that. Hey, yeah, you've got
1: yeah. an Athlete's Victoria temp tat. This is why they don't practice. like us, Moose. This is why they don't share a podcast on their social media. <laughs> so we just got to so slow down. Moose,
0: that's actually Moose on the loose. I sent yeah, Athletics I like Australia a
1: DM the other day, but they never replied to me as well. I was you asking them. Oh, I, know, I think they just left me on unseen. Yeah. Whoever runs that account, if anyone knows, can you ask them to reply to my Instagram DM? Just ask them how
2: much it costs to promote a podcast. That's what I was
1: going to ask. That's yeah. legit. It must was a,
2: cost a bit, surely.
1: Cost, yeah, must. I don't know. Surely, though, if they want some money, just reply to I me. Mean, you had
2: Bucks on, right? You were, we had an interview with Bucks. Nah, Andy Buchanan, Andy. we had. Oh, yeah, that's right. Andy Buchanan, right? We had Jess Hull on the other week. Jess Hull, and they didn't want to promote that. No. So, what were they promoting?
1: Oh, I don't know. Something. Don't get into it now. I'll wait and see if I get a response first. All right, boys. That's episode number. 287, oh, we must, um, there are some things coming with a new Road 2 series, so I might not be here next week, I might be on the new Road 2 series, I'm not sure, but if I'm not here fellas, have fun for the next, uh, 8 or 9 weeks, may be here, may not be here, we're just waiting, the boss is moving a few magnets around on the board to see who's on what shows, but a massive thanks to the Patreon supporters for supporting the show to make the Road 2 series as possible, and, um... If you're going to the Gold Coast, just keep an eye on we'll have some news about that in the coming weeks as well, about a potential live show there. Things are nearly locked in. It's gonna be a good if everything gets locked in, which I'm hearing is on the table, it's gonna be a very good, fun live show. So keep an eye on our socials and I'll keep listening to the show to hear all about those things.
0: So you're saying we need a guest host next week, Brady? I've got a
1: well, I'm seeing where the magnets are starting to get moved and I'm thinking it could be but it could be potentially one guest host to do the whole eight weeks, if you get my gist. These, these are the conversations we should be having off air, but I'm sure there'd be some Patreon supporters interested. Um, or I could be still on this show and there might be other people on the next Road to One.
0: The main thing is there's bonus content coming to Patreon very soon. Oh, there's big demand
1: for for something permanent with Ali and Sinead as well. Mm. People, people are liking those people together. Yeah. Anyway, so it's all coming. Just, um, just, just, yeah, there'll be, there'll be answers this time next week, put it that way. See you, boys. See
0: you next week. Bye. All the best with the back, Moose.
1: Oh, Thank yeah, you. Moose, good luck there. Keep that heat pack on it.
2: Yeah, got to go heat it up right now. Enter the
0: 2023 Gold Coast Marathon now and run your best race this July. 60% of runners achieve a PB at this event, and you can too. Head to goldcoastmarathon.com.au to enter now.